0: It's time for Forward Nation Radio. Now here he is, the host of Forward Nation Radio, David Leventhal. Welcome to a very special Forward Nation Radio where I, David Leventhal, solve the COVID crisis and also create world peace. Okay, I don't actually create world peace. I don't actually even solve the COVID crisis, though I will share with you today in today's show my proposals for improving America's reaction to the COVID crisis and getting people to take it seriously and protect their fellow citizens, which is in fact, along with competent leadership, what we need to finally address this crisis. And as if that wasn't enough, we will be looking at the week's events in the context of our recent discussions on freedom of speech, American exceptionalism, and a fascist wannabe president of the United States. And I talk about sports. Okay, I don't really talk about sports. Starting out, looking for some good news. The polls continue to indicate that Joe Biden is going to trounce Donald Trump in this coming November's election. Well, there's the good news. Good news even for those of us who can remember all the way back to 2016 when the polls didn't quite give us all the comfort we needed on election night and uh, post-election morning. It is comforting, but not all that comforting for people who can imagine that possibly some people who will vote for Donald Trump to remain president of the United States may have sufficient brains to not admit to people that they are going to vote for Donald Trump. In other words, the polls may be a little bit misleading. Those of us who are worried that some people may let down their guard, although I can't imagine that is a big concern for this coming election. It is also a little sobering to look at these polls and think, that one of the other things that they indicate is just how much cheating there is going to be over the next few months before this election. It has become clear, I think, even to Donald Trump and Republicans, that the only chance that they have to, to prevail in this upcoming election is to steal it. And so the efforts to steal the election will be even greater than they might have otherwise been. And it's going to be an ugly several months and an ugly election day. But it's not just cheating regarding stealing the election. It's a reminder of how much stealing there's going to be of basically everything in this country that is not nailed down over the next few months before it is too late for Republicans to keep stealing it. Yes, look out for the White House silverware. Uh, Some of you go back far enough in your news to understand what the joke is there. That is, uh, that the Clintons were accused of stealing, falsely accused of stealing White House silverware when they left the White House. In this case, we really should be worried. But it's not just, of course, stuff that they're actually going to steal, it's the amount of money that they are going to devote to their own companies, their own businesses, their own practices. How much public money will be diverted to Republican coffers over the next few months? On one level, I know some of you are out there thinking, you know what? Let them fucking steal shit. As long as they go away, maybe it's worth it. To some extent, I think there's some truth to that. I'm thinking that, obviously, myself. I'm projecting here. Uh, The polls, of course, as uplifting as they are, again, we can't avoid thinking that they are another reminder of just how many fucking morons there are in this country. Uh, Not just fucking morons, but... Unbelievably selfish, awful human beings. Because even though Donald Trump is, according to the polls, losing by a significant margin all across much of this country, he's still getting tens of millions of votes and winning a bunch of states. How that is possible when you are this crooked, you are this corrupt, you are this incompetent, and you are killing this many Americans is a sobering reminder of the, the impediments to actually moving this country forward in the right direction. The impediments being, of course, a large segment of the American public. The uh, Another sobering thing, and this will lead us into today's discussions, the themes of today's show. Another sobering thing about the polls is that there seems to be one area on which Donald Trump consistently outpolls Joe Biden according to according to the pollsters to the public that's that's being polled. The only thing that Donald Trump beats Biden on in the eyes of the public is the ability to manage the US economy. Voters seem to trust Donald Trump more when it comes to the US economy. Now I'm only saying this because of how unfucking believably stupid that is. How incomprehensible that this man who has not a single clue and his sole intent when it comes to managing the economy is to put as much money as possible into his family's pockets, his own and his family's pockets, that a majority of the American public trusts him more than Joe Biden to run the economy. And I think the important thing here is what that says about free speech in America. How is it that an American public, a majority of American public that have been absolutely screwed by this criminal and incompetence policies, actually think that he's doing something for them or want to do something for them? And the answer, of course, is what I've been talking about with free speech. Free speech is extremely expensive in America. Notice that that little bit of equivocation there we are free to speak, but speaking is anything but free. It is incredibly expensive. So as I've been talking about, we have essentially propaganda from rich people in this country. That is the normal state of information affairs in America. We live, breathe, think whatever rich people want us to live, breathe, and think. And so why is it that the That a majority of the American public apparently believes that Donald Trump can be trusted on the economy? Well, because that's what rich people keep telling them. And that's what rich people keep wanting them to believe. As long as the stock market is going up, or as long as it's able to be corrupted by the people with the most money in it, then the average American who still doesn't have two nickels to rub together and no job hoping to improve it, who only hope of making any money at this point is from government aid that is provided to them by Democrats, not by Republicans and President Trump, actually think that it's a good thing that Donald Trump is running the economy. It, it is a remarkable statement of propaganda in this country and how utterly deluded we are about how the world works and how the world is working. In that vein on free speech, some of the big news this week, was that a hedge fund is about to buy McClatchy, a respected publisher of newspapers and news across America. The McClatchy News Organization is going to be bought by a hedge fund. Now, I want to remind my listeners for a moment what a hedge fund is. A hedge fund is an, a, a vehicle by the richest shit on the planet to get as much money into their own pockets as possible. A hedge fund is designed to further enrich the already spectacularly rich by contributing absolutely nothing positive to society and more likely absolutely undermining society, as is the case here. They are people who believe in nothing except more money for themselves and their rich patrons. That's what a hedge fund is. A hedge fund will be taking over a respected news publisher. Let's talk briefly about what will happen because this is what always happens when hedge funds take over businesses. They will load it up with debt in a way that they will make the people who work there, the former owners continue to pay off that debt and that debt will be paid to themselves. They will engage in all kinds of financial chicanery that is way beyond the scope of this show, mostly because it is mostly beyond the scope of your humble host of your show, that they will use financial chicanery to basically turn profits to themselves and get other people to pay for it. That is what they will do. But they will also do it in a way just to remind us, incidentally, that journalism generally is, in this country, not about providing information, but about generating profit. Now, they will use financial chicanery to make other people pay for their ownership and provide them with a whole lot of money for doing absolutely nothing of value. But there's another opportunity for the hedge fund to make a lot of money here. It is particularly enticing to buy news organizations, so-called news organizations, let's put that in air quotes, so-called news organizations, because that not only gives them the ability to in, in, to engage in all this financial chicanery to get themselves rich, but it also allows them to control the public narrative to convince the average American that what they're doing is a wonderful thing. And by the way, because it's so wonderful and because they're so great, we should cut their taxes as a result. In other words, they will lie. They will engage in propaganda. They will turn a news service into a propaganda mill. And we will get even worse as far as the amount of absolute bullshit that we have in our country right now. Because rich, the richest people on the planet who believe in absolutely nothing but their own riches will further control the public narrative. And so what does this mean for freedom of speech? Well, it looks like, for one one thing, Trump's approval for his handling of the economy is about to go up because he will soon have the backing of the entire McClatchy news organization that will be publishing articles lauding Donald Trump for his stewardship of our economy. Like, for instance, when he cuts taxes on billionaires like hedge fund owners worthless individuals. We will have more of an outlet to lie and people will believe bullshit even more than they did before. Yes, just get ready for tax cuts for the rich is what will save us from our current predicament. And this is particularly relevant at this point because we are actually in a salutary moment in American history where I think that one of the things we've been seeing in this country, the rise of the progressive left, has been fueled by such public outrage that I think it has led, in many respects, to better journalism. It has led to better news and better information, as news services have come to believe that actually providing people with news is a good way to make profits. Yes, taking on their corporate masters will still be problematic, but when the public is clamoring for news then actually providing news, it turns out, from some sources, is a good thing. So because public pressure has compelled better media of late, this is a particularly propitious time for lying pieces of shit like hedge fund owners to take over media to battle against the tide to actually inform Americans. Because the thing that they are most concerned about, the thing that most threatens the elite in this country, is that the American public actually get informed. About what's going on. As I've pointed out in this show many times, it was famously said that in the history of the world, no bank robber has ever called a press conference while in the middle of robbing a bank. On that note, by the way, about how our media might be affected, did you notice this news from the week that there is a spate of bankruptcies among fracking companies? Yes, there are failures of dozens or hundreds scores of fracking companies because of what's been going on in this country. They've been declaring bankruptcy at huge rates. Well, don't feel that bad about it because it turns out that the people who drove these companies into bankruptcy, they're gonna be able to be okay. They are paying themselves millions and millions of dollars in bonuses right before their companies declare bankruptcy now it turns out that when they pay themselves these millions of dollars in bonuses they're actually leaving all kinds of costs that these businesses are leaving behind to not only other owners of these businesses but to the american taxpayers that's right many of these fracking companies are continuing to leak methane at alarming rates into our atmosphere They are facing judgments and liabilities in the billions and billions of dollars. But the companies have been looted. There's no money left in them. So who are they going to pass these costs on to for trying to preserve what's left of our planet? They're going to pass them on to you, our faithful taxpayer, who will be left holding the bag and paying the bills. Who will not be paying the bills? The people who did this. They will be sticking all of your money into their pockets. But that's okay, because they will have news sources across this country telling you that this is a good thing. It's for you that they're doing this, after all. This is supply-side economics, which has worked through lies in this country for decades. Give me all your money, and I'm going to keep it and buy a bigger yacht and a bigger private plane. But don't feel bad. I'm doing this for you. And you're going to believe it. Well not the faithful listeners to Forward Nation Radio, but many of your fellow citizens are going to believe this. So let's talk about American exceptionalism again, as we've been talking about the last couple of weeks. Americans have patted ourselves on the back our whole lives and talking about how America is exceptional, how we are, in fact, better than the entire rest of the world. Well, of course, COVID has been the wake-up call for many people who even generally spend their lives living in the dark, about how America may not always be exceptional, superior in the way that we want, might want to believe that it is. Regarding COVID, we're, we get further and further evidence that America is now the epicenter of the world. I haven't given the latest statistics recently. I've been a little remiss on my keeping up with my, who's killed more Americans in history than Donald Trump? But as I record this show, we're now up to over three and a half million cases in the United States. And we are rapidly approaching 140,000 official deaths, which remember continues to be a number lower than the actual number of deaths. Apologies to Fox News watching Trump supporting morons who think that they're all people dying of heart attacks or the like. We are At 140,000 or so official deaths in America, the rest of the world is getting better. We continue to get more and more evidence that as the rest of the world gets better, we just get banned. Yes, we get banned by the rest of the world because we just keep getting worse. Just this past uh, weekend, Florida reported more than 15,000 cases in a single day. They've been surpassing that number on most days of late. In a single day, Florida reported more than 15,000 cases. By contrast, it was noted, South Korea has not reg- registered 15,000 cases in its entire pandemic to date. Do you remember when South Korea, we were looking at South Korea and going, those people, man, they got it bad. Florida has registered more cases in a single day than South Korea has had in the entire pandemic. One day last week the United States recorded more than 68,000 cases in the day. As Stephen Colbert, I I love to uh quote Stephen Colbert cuz he's so eminently quotable. The closest an American is likely to get to Europe for quite some time is Epcot. Because of course, Disney World is open in Florida with its 15,000. Now, yes, Disney World is taking some precautions, everybody. So, gosh, America, we really are special. In fact, five states just the other day set single-day coronavirus death records. One of the good pieces of information we've supposedly been relying on is as the cases have gone up, the deaths have not been going up. They've been somewhat going down either because of the way we're keeping records or because we're testing better, or at least we had been until recently, or because it's more young people getting it. Well, just this past week, five states set a single day death record. Uh, leading, of course, officials in Texas and Arizona uh, to set, that, that requested that the federal government uh, or state governments send refrigerated trucks to relieve the state's morgues that can't fit all the dead bodies. Yes, Texas and Arizona, two states that have been Trump backing and refused up until recently to institute the measures that are needed in this country. Um, So, as I indicated, this is a bad time the last few weeks to neglect my, my whole discussion, my ongoing discussion of who's killed more Americans in history than Donald Trump. So um, let's go back to that because the president of the United States, who's already responsible for tens of thousands of American deaths, he's arguing that what we need to do is reopen our country, reopen our schools. Yes, it turns out experts are arguing otherwise, people who actually know something, but they don't understand what Donald Trump understands, which is that the only thing that matters here is Donald Trump getting reelected. Donald Trump's political fortune is the only thing that matters. And a few tens of thousands of dead Americans don't really... They really should stop their whining. And to be fair, when they're dead, they will. They should stop their whining because they're doing this for Donald Trump. They're taking one for the team, so to speak. they We should subject tens of thousands more Americans to death because it will help Donald Trump's political fortunes. That is the President of the United States. Remembering that he is, in fact... Perhaps the most selfish human being on the planet, but also, of course, that the people who support him are, along with him, the most selfish people on the planet. Remember, as I was just talking about somebody the other day, when I refer to Trump supporters as fucking morons, as they tend to try not to do, I'm being generous. That's actually being generous because the best thing you could say about these people is that they're fucking morons and therefore they shouldn't be responsible for the damage that they do. Much worse than that is that they are selfish. They are evil. They are scumbags. And they should be responsible. More on that in a minute. So they are out there fighting for their freedom to infect others. That's American exceptionalism. We believe in freedom. Freedom to murder our fellow citizens. Or as Paul Krugman so memorably put it in a column this week, We are busy drinking our kids' schooling. Or we are drinking the future of this country. Because selfish crap want to go out and drink and party. And so if that means that unlike the rest of the world, we can't open our schools, well, so be it. Because who gives a shit? We got some partying to be done. We are exceptionally American. So in response to all that's going on, to America being unique in the world, being unable to address and unwilling to address this virus, at being the worst to to try to get a handle on this, at being banned by most of the rest of the world because of how bad we are. Donald Trump decides to react to this by picking on Anthony Fauci, the respected head of the NIH's uh, pandemic response team, and the most trusted American speaking on these issues. Donald Trump figures that the thing to do is to pick a fight with Anthony Fauci and to attack Fauci. In effect, the administration is building a wall, if I can use that term, around the one one of the people in this country who actually knows what he's doing, and it's really important right now that there be an information blackout around the infectious diseases doctor whose job it is to deal with these things and who has a background in dealing with these things, because right now he's you know the guy's saying some inconvenient things. I mean, to be fair, he he is telling some truths that are inconvenient. Oh, that's a good term. Inconvenient truth. Uh, Reality, we're reminded, has a well-known liberal bias. There's Colbert again. The guy is actually saying that we need to do things to address the crisis. We need to go back to going into full-speed panic mode to address... The, the crisis and get a handle on this and basically start over again. So at some point months from now, we might be able to reopen safely and send kids to school safely. Well, you can't be saying stuff like that when the president of the United States is telling us everything's fine. The only thing you have to fear is reality. So instead of being exposed to doctors who know what they're talking about, Americans get a full dose of Betsy DeVos. Yes. Remember Betsy DeVos, our education secretary, who reminds us all what it's like not to have an education, who reminds us all that you could be a billionaire and still be a fucking moron at the exact same time. So Betsy DeVos is out there attacking our schools and holding order for the president in getting this place open. Everything's fine. She has no idea what the hell she's talking about. Take a look at some of her some of her discussions on the Sunday News Talk Show, and the thing that comes across is, how stupid and rich do you have to be to be arrogant enough to go on Sunday News shows and have absolutely not a clue of what you are talking about and still be willing to go on these shows? It is it is comical how stupid this individual is. Betsy DeVos can speak for the Trump administration because... I guess she represents the fact that it is an irrational fear that some Trump supporters will be able to tell the difference between a smart, honest person and a lying fucking moron. Just in case that's the case, we're going to have to shut Dr. Anthony Fauci up and anybody else who may know what they're talking about so that the only thing we are exposed to is an unhealthy dose of the likes of Betsy DeVos. Speaking of the war on information, Donald Trump also figured this has been a good week to pick on the World Health Organization. And why the hell not? The U.S. announced its withdrawal from the World Health Organization in the midst of a deadly global pandemic that we are the basically alone in the world at not being able to do anything about. Because again, the WHO represents not an approved reality for the Trump administration and for its followers. So let's pick on the WHO, let's pick on people who know what they're talking about, let's pick on schools who actually might have the temerity to want to protect the people who go there, the children who go there and their families. That's right, we're going to deny funding to schools who actually want to provide some kind of safety. To give you an idea where we are in this country, I have a couple of personal stories here regarding schools. My wife is an adjunct chemistry professor at a couple of different schools. Well, now, maybe one, maybe zero at this point in time. But uh, she teaches at a particular school, uh, I'll say Nassau Community College. And they called her up the other day, and they said, would you be willing to teach for the fall? No, more specifically, would you be willing to teach in-person classes? My wife said, would I be willing to teach in-person classes? I said, well, what are their safety precautions? So my wife says to them, what are your safety precautions? And the answer was, we don't know. So the question to the professors was, would you be willing to teach in-person classes? We will tell you later whether or not you will be safe at all. So my wife, of course, told them that she would be happy to consider in-person classes as soon as she found out what the policies were and whether she would feel safe in doing so. Imagine that. Asking in advance. What kind of, what, what kind of country will this be if workers... Start predicating their work on whether or not they will be safe. Well, you know the Trump administration has made it clear that we're declaring a war on workers who might actually worry about going to work and dying. You know, just just like voters. We got a, a message from my kids' school. My kids are in elementary school, and we got a survey from the school about sending them back. And this was a little more, this was a little more subtle than what my wife was put was put through but a lot of the questions were basically would you use the bus would you do this and of course my answer to everything was it depends it depends it depends what are you doing about it what are you going to do to protect my kids safety unfortunately the answer is we've got more important priorities than to protect children's safety we obviously have money to shovel into Donald Trump's pockets and such this is also of course a good time when we can't handle the pandemic to pick on the Affordable Care Act and to continue the Republican war on health insurance for Americans. You, you just can't make this up. They are back to doubling down. This is, again, an election strategy. Before, going into a national election, the Republican strategy is during a global pandemic, let's A, make believe the global pandemic doesn't exist, and B, Let's throw millions of people out of health insurance and throw them out of our health insurance system in the middle of a global, a deadly global pandemic. You can't make this stuff up for how insane this is. And these people are, but that's what they're back to doing, picking on the affordable care act, which lets people go to a doctor if they're sick. I mean, after all, if you're planning on going to eat out in a restaurant, do you really want your waiter to be able to have gone to the doctor because she wasn't feeling well. Huh, that's ridiculous, isn't it? On the other hand, there's good news. We are talking about in America, the big news from the week regarding COVID, of course, is that Donald Trump actually put on a mask for a little while. This qualifies as big news in America. The president of the United States for a moment was not the biggest piece of shit on the planet. He went to visit a veteran's home, and somebody must have told him that killing veterans might not look good before the November election. Might even lose you some of your support from the military. So he actually put a mask on. Wow, that's, that's really great news. We're, we've got a handle on this thing now. Anyway, up top, I promised you a solution to the COVID crisis. All right, it's not really so much a solution to the crisis, but maybe a pathway to getting to more responsible behavior that gets us to a solution to the crisis. Since the President of the United States isn't capable of leading us, how is it that we change human behavior to get people to behave more responsibly so we can finally get to a management point that the entire rest of the world has already reached? Well, I have a proposal. In our last couple of shows, I've been talking about this issue of tort reform, and I've talked about accountability. I've talked about liability. I've talked about the need in a civilized society in order to function with any kind of civility and for the good of people at large, that people need to be liable for the damage that they do, for the damage that they cause to others. You want to get a handle on this crisis, these fucking morons walking around without masks, going to bars, whatever else? We need to make these people liable. If we need a blanket rule. We need guidelines, obviously not from the federal government, maybe from Anthony Fauci or maybe from the states. And if you don't follow the guidelines, there needs to be a clear cut rule that we will do everything we can to to contact trace virus outbreaks. And if we trace it back to you, You will be personally liable for everyone you have infected. You will be responsible for paying their medical bills. You will be responsible for paying for their pain and suffering that you put them through. You will almost certainly be bankrupt for the rest of your existence. Sounds harsh, right? Right, because this is America. And our freedom is that we have a God-given right to go around this country and infect people other people and ruin their lives and not be responsible for it. You want people to engage in better behavior, make them liable for the damage that they do to others. You know, this is a, this is an offshoot. Maybe, maybe what we can do in the Southern parts of the country, basically the same places in this country where people refuse to follow guidelines because they don't believe in reality. Uh, we've been instituting over the last bunch of years, stand your ground laws when it comes to guns. I've talked about that on the show. Stand your ground laws in much of the south of this country is basically just a synonym for it's okay to shoot black people laws. If you are a white person, you can take your gun and if you feel threatened by, for instance, someone who's black who comes near you, you can shoot that person with immunity and get away with it. That's stand your ground. You get to kill people, kill, kill minorities for free laws. Well, why don't we start applying that in the age of the pandemic? I mean, let's really talk about stand your ground. If you feel under physical threat, you can resort to violence. So if you are walking into Shoprite and someone walking in next to you is not wearing a mask, you could take your gun out and shoot him in the fucking head because you actually are threatened by this fucking moron walking around without a mask. So you want to enforce stand your ground, Florida? Let's enforce stand your ground. Let people shoot people not wearing masks. Let me go and shoot up a bar. I don't want to, by the way. But let people go in Florida and shoot up a bar of young people who are hanging out and chatting amongst themselves without masks. Maybe that would change our response to the deadly global pandemic. Before we go, last comment, I've been talking about fascism of course, and our fascist fascist wannabe president, Donald Trump. Well, fascism watch this week, as you, I expect, all know. Donald Trump commuted the sentence of Roger Stone, Roger Stone, who had been sentenced to prison for lying to protect the president of the United States, lying about his contacts with Russian spies, etc., lying about his contacts with the Trump administration. Roger Stone lying to protect the president of the United States. The president of the United States commuted his sentence. This is just getting rid of the basic rule of law in America. It is fascism. Let's see. It is an act of unprecedented and historic corruption. Said no less patriotic and American than Mitt Romney, the president's own party. How bad is this that the president commuted the sentence of another one of his henchmen to cover up his crimes? Well, there was the op-ed the other day in the New York Times from Nick Ackerman that started as followed. I thought this was sobering, sobering beginning. In 1972, I served as an assistant as an assistant special prosecutor for the Watergate Special Prosecution Force, which investigated the connection between the White House and the break in the Democratic National Committee headquarters, the subsequent cover-up, and other crimes connected with the White House under Richard Nixon. And nothing that I saw then, even during the so-called Saturday Night Massacre when Nixon ordered his attorney general to fire the special prosecutor, rises to what we are witnessing now with President Trump. This sentiment was echoed by Elizabeth Holtzman, who as reported in an article in the Nation magazine, who was on the House Judiciary Committee investigating Watergate. Seconded, saying as awful as Nixon was, the only president in American history forced out of office before his term ended other than horizontally, this is worse. This president is more criminal, more corrupt, and more willing to to subvert the rule of law to turn it into his own private fiefdom. In other words, fascism. Yes, as I read this, I was reminded of the fact that George H.W. Bush, the better Bush, did pardon Caspar Weinberger for lying about Iran-Contra, and in fact pointing out that George H.W. Bush was lying about Iran-Contra, so there is some Republican precedent here. But nothing to match what the President of the United States is doing regarding corruption, covering up his trail, subverting the rule of law. As people have been pointing out, Michael Cohen, do not shed a tear. He's a criminal son of a bitch who deserves to be where he is or where he will be again shortly. Anyway, Michael Cohen, remember, was Donald Trump's longtime consigliere. And, and enforcer who actually turned on Donald Trump and provided evidence. Well, the message from Trump, Michael Cohn, the one who actually spoke out against about criminal misconduct, is the only one actually being punished for it. All Donald Trump's henchmen are getting away with it. Michael Cohn, we were told this week, is being sent back to prison for, among other things, Refusing to agree not to publish a tell-all book. So this is where we are in Trump's America. If you help the president of the United States cover up his crimes and his treason, you walk away scot-free. If you want to tell anybody about criminal misconduct, that makes you a criminal. John Bolton. God, politics makes for strange bed. no insanity makes for strange bedfellows but John Bolton in his book has pointed out that for Donald Trump obstruction of justice is a way of life it always has been because Donald Trump has always been fabulously rich and the law has never been a problem for rich people anyway that's it for today's show thank you for joining us we'll be back with you soon until then stay safe and be well listening to Forward Nation Radio with David Leventhal.